you, Rebecca, for being on Discussing Divas. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to and be And you back. know what I read? Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, and you know what I realized? Like always, Laura Dern is in our discussions. Today? Well, because she's in it. She's in Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, by the way, we're doing Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Wait. Every you didn't rewatch the damn show, did you now? No, I didn't rewatch all of it, but at what point is she is in the, is she in the show? In the last season? Oh, good lord, woman. I think it's season two or three. Um, oh. And it's, she wants to marry the reverend, so that's why he needs to, season three. So he has to get a divorce from Kimmy, and she refuses it. Oh my god. I, I mean, I and remember lord. this part of the plot line, but I do not right. remember it being... And I remember when that, ha- I rewatched it the last couple of weeks. And I was like, wait, who was the woman? And she comes up and it's Laura Dern. I'm like, ah, that's funny. It's so serendipitous to have Rebecca be the one I'm talking about. Because don't you love her? I do love her. She is a queen. Yeah, she's. I think she's only in it for one episode. But the whole point of it is um, she's the one who's marrying, what's his face? The mm. Reverend. Reverend Gant- um, Wayne Richard... Gary Wayne. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, I don't know if we should really talk about this, but I remember you and Yashin. Wait. We're talking about like how John Hamm looks like a creeper, looks like the exact type that are discussed throughout the show of someone who can get away with anything. Yeah. And therefore doesn't understand your questions. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I no, I, I can't. Do. I can't get away with it. And I was like, I, I don't like John Hamm anymore because you guys pointed that out to me. Now he plays those characters a lot, so you might think he is woke by playing them, but I don't know. I'm scared of him. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about John Hamm as and like as a celebrity, as a person, to comment on on any of that. But I do know that. Um, He's a well-written character in this show, I think. Now, did you ever watch 30 Rock? I did. So... So... And he also plays, like, a char- one of the ex-boyfriends on 30 Rock. As the guy who's so handsome, everyone gets let, lets him get away with anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, I, for some reason I get his character and the Matt Damon uh, character. Uh, Carol? Yeah. No. Um, he's, I forgot his character's name, but he's the one who's a doctor who doesn't know how to do the Heimlich, um, maneuver, and, um, he thinks he speaks French and all sorts of stuff. Um, and so, but the whole thing is that, um, I had it here, but there is an episode, oh, TGS Hates Women is an episode on 30 Rock, which was about a woman who... Uh, is trying to hide from her psychotic ex-husband. Um, and so that was how Tina Fey thought of this show. She said it, the, the basis of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt started with us writing that episode about, hmm. like, what if a woman is trying to hide from somebody? Um, and, and then that's how the start of it began. I mean, it's not that's quite so the same, but... But they have a lot, and one thing that while I was re-watching the show, there's a lot of things that they talk about, really heavy subjects, Yeah. and then they put it in a really ridiculous point of view, but to make a point, like the whole Jacqueline, Jackie Lynn 
being yeah. Native American, played oh, by a Caucasian Western European actress, and and there's several times where she's like, "I became white so that I can do things like be somebody," yeah. kind of thing, and then I thought it was. It's so offensive, it's brilliant, because that's their whole point. It should be offensive. Yeah. Well, so that's interesting, because you've already touched on two points that I thought were worth talking about. One is sort of my answer to to the first question that you said I should think about was, um, how how did I start watching the show? Yeah. Um, so if you're ready for my answers, I'll go ahead and jump jump in there. Bring but, it on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm a big, I have been a big Tina Fey fan for a while. So when that, when the show came out, I was immediately ready for it. Um, I don't, I don't think I anticipated it, but as you know, as soon as it came out, I was like, oh, I'll definitely check it out if Tina Fey wrote it. I think the first time I sat down to watch it, my mind was immediately blown and I was just like um, totally fascinated and jealous because she basically did more or less what, what made me interested in going to do a degree like CCT was offering, which is for people who don't know, Tara and I are grad school um, classmates um, and we did a master's in communication culture and technology. Um, CCT. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, basically within the first, you know, before she even gets to the title credits, she, she more or less did exactly what I wanted to write my, my thesis on, even if I had, you know, envisioned writing a thesis. Um, but, but the point that you mentioned about it being so offensive, uh, but towards a purpose, I, that, that's part of what I was going to raise but also just the absurdity you call you said ridiculous to me the whole thing is absurd um like you said with intention but but what i think is the most clever part about the show is the plot because what she's done is she's she's put this girl the the main character in a in a time capsule that i guess surpasses the time period in which the internet explodes explodes and drastically changes everyone's way of life and then drops her in the middle of New York more or less where everything's always absurd so you've got this endless endless world of absurdity and and self-criticism and um you know and and just just endless possibilities for Tina's, Tina Fey's crazy imagination. And that's a good point, because I never thought of... I always thought they go to New York because the creators of the show, and like they basically are based off of New York. But that's yeah. an extra point that you go from Indiana, you go from a bunker, a time capsule, where's the wildest place you could possibly be put in? Yeah. New York. And yeah, and that's, and I think you're right, you know, partially because it's Tina, you know, Tina Fey, um, even though she's from Philadelphia, identifies kind of as a New Yorker. Um, but so there's that, but I think, I think the, the main purpose is to, is honestly, I think it's a criticism on like capitalism, um, but, uh, but also just like 
the utmost, the epitome of craziness in this country in, in both the best ways and the, and just some of the most oddball ways is in New York. So it's just the perfect prime. Yeah. Environment you got Lillian, you got Lillian, who's always about like anti gentrification. And, yeah. um, I don't know if you rewatched the episode where like, what if she, uh, Kimmy didn't go into the bunker. What would have happened? So Lillian mm. would have become a drug lord. Oh yeah, no, I. Yeah. Think, well, um, and then like uh, Jacqueline trying to, you know, that whole society of the billionaires and and the one percenters kind of thing of New York and, and the expectations it rises and and then Titus always wanting to be a star and and things like that and what. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, all of the char- main characters are disassociated from reality in some way. Um, Very true. Different ways, um, and for and for diff- and to different ends, but but you know, arguably at times Kimmy's the most sane, even though in my opinion she's the most annoying. But oh, interesting. Oh gosh, yeah. We can well hold on. We can jump there for a moment, but uh, or in a moment, but regarding your offensive question that that actually really interests me because the other sort of um context i'm bringing to to this as a viewer um is is that i was like i said i was a big i i have been a big tina fey fan um until this summer when i i was um looking for an audiobook, you know, there was like a lapse in my queue and Bossy Pants was available. I don't know. Yeah, I've read it, but I haven't heard it. I just read it. So I had never read it before. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. And I start listening to it, you know, um, and, and it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was anything like groundbreaking or anything like that, but about halfway through it, I, I stopped completely because I was just like, Tina Fey is mean. <laughs> like, like, you know, because I, I, I get... Also. And, 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 we'll, and maybe we'll disagree on this, and maybe, I'm, maybe I was, like, sensitive and vulnerable or something at the moment that I was listening to it, but I just couldn't rectify her for, form of humor anymore because I do think that most humor comes from, like, you know, we can philosophize about where it comes from, about whether it's coming from pain and whatnot. Um, but, but it often, I think, I think humor is often also poking fun at things, right? And you can choose. Well, I, I like comedy and comedians, particularly because they can take the most mundane things and notice, notice something that is so relatable and explain it. To do that, though, you tend to have to be a really pessimistic, depressed person. Like, comedy writers, comedians are some of the darkest people on the planet. Yeah. Because they see what's broken of the most mundane things. And that's where I just feel like Tina Fey, at some point, I was like, I was like, it's always geared at the expense of someone else. And to be fair, she, like, no one's, no one is exempt from that level of criticism in any of her stuff that I've I've watched but at a certain point it just gets I don't know it bought it bugged me I was like I was like this can be 
done. And I do think she's brilliant, especially, like you said, finding the, the mundane and, and drawing out um, these observations. I mean, her stuff is so incredibly layered. Um, yeah. But, but so much of it, I felt like, um, it comes at the expense of, of others. And, and there was even that scandal, you, um, or the, the, um, plastic surgeon who killed himself after her parody of him. I didn't know about this. What is this? And, uh, so you've just rewatched it recently? Yeah. So we have Martin Short, I think Ma- it is. Martin Short is the, yeah. The so that's surgery. based off of a real doctor, which I would just say is probably based off of several plastic surgeons, but it was one in particular? It's, it's, there was no one that, that like in the script or anything like that, they were like, oh, this is who we're parodying. But, mm-hmm. but physically, um, there were a lot of similarities to this guy, to this famous plastic surgeon. I think he was in Miami or something. I don't know. Now I'm starting to oh, spread I didn't fake news. Oh, this one. Um, but yeah, like, uh, he killed himself not long after that, um, that episode aired, I think. Um, and, and he was, he had cited that that had depressed him. Right. Like triggered him. Yeah. And whatever other causes. Well, cause one thing is that before, uh, so the whole case against the reverend, mm-hmm. um, Tina Fey and Jerry Minor are guest stars on the show playing the lawyers against them. And it is, um, they, it says on IMDb, it's the bumbling prosecutors were based on the prosecutors, Marsha Clark and mm-hmm. Chris Darden of the infamous OJ Simpson mm-hmm. murder trial. So before the Ryan Murphy show and other documentaries about OJ Simpson's trial, I didn't know who those characters were supposed to be based off of. I was, I thought it was like, oh, interesting that she has like um, a perm, right, for a haircut. But I didn't really get it <laughs> oh, when yeah, it first no, that's aired, a right? Because we were babies when that happened. Yeah. But once I was rewatching it, and we learned, and we were seven, you know, like, what way. two years ago, O.J. Simpson martyr trial was in several forms of media, right? A documentary, which a was a Kardashian show. publicity pitch, by the way, in my opinion. Partially. Well, probably. Yeah, because um, they, their lives took front and center in a way that that was never um, before. It didn't. And the prosecutors, like, I, watching, so what I did, there's like a nine-hour documentary. I ain't watching that. Um, <laughs> but there was the Ryan Murphy show about it. Mm-hmm. And you thought from the whole story. different case that you have, you know, David Schwimmer as Kardashian, we have, again, uh, what's her name? Again, da- Rob Kardashian was like on nobody's radar that I remember prior to the Kardashian. Yeah, he wasn't even a real lawyer for him. He yeah. was just a friend who kind of had a law degree. But either way, you saw it from the prosecutor's perspective as well as the Simpsons mm-hmm. lawyers, right? So you had these two who had all the weight in, on their shoulders, there was a female, there was an African-American, everyone was against them because of who OJ represented for everybody. Yep. And and so I was like, well, that's mean to like make fun of Marsha Clark and Chris Darden <laughs> now that I get it. Because mm-hmm. when I first aired, I was like, okay, so the lawyers don't know what they're doing and the reverend is supposed to be so charming and manipulative. He's fooling everybody except for Kimmy. 
Well, yeah. No, I mean... But I see your point, that she can go pretty harshly. She she does, and, and she does it, I think her excuse, and I think this is what I didn't understand before that the book gave me an insight, is like, she does it sort of under this, like, well, I um, was slashed in the face as a child, and that's life. She can't tell who, how that happened, you right? Have- she doesn't say ever how that happened, who did it, why, and all that stuff. I can't remember, but, you know, but That's even even in this, I think even in this new, like, interactive special or whatever, there's there is a direct reference where Kimmy, Kimmy says, you know, the worst thing that happened to me occurred in my own front yard. And so, mm-hmm. so there's obviously a big part of this story, I think, for Tina Fey that is about um, overcoming these negative things that might happen to you in life, which is great and fine. But, but again, like you don't have to continue the cycle of negativity by, by making mm-hmm. fun of people in a certain way. I, you know, and I'm probably, I'm probably like sounding awful coming on the show to talk about a show that, that we probably should be celebrating or something, but. It's well, not- I think that's a good, one of the reasons why I brought like the Jackie Lynn plot, um, whole storyline in particularly because she has several, right? She has to be a rich wife. She has to look a certain way and live a certain way. She gets $12 million out of a divorce and loses it all by the third season or fourth season, something like that. Um, but the main one that really catches people's eye is that she's Native American. Yeah. And I remember when it first came out, there's um, a woman that I was in school with, uh, with and worked a part-time job with. And I would say she's an extreme liberal, right? The, okay. You know how they say extreme conservatives are really dangerous? Extreme liberals can be really dangerous, too. Um, it's it's sort of... So for her, she was like, I stopped watching that show. The second that a white woman is playing Native American, it's awful. And I'm like, well, that's the point. Yeah, It's supposed to be the awful. But her point, and she says it in the in the show a couple of times to her parents. I actually wrote it down. Which is, um, you know, I have to be white to be able to be successful, mom and dad, something like that. Um, Or later on, Kimmy's like, are you only using your white privilege for to help other people? She's like, well, that's why I became white in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm like, well, that's the point. Or the fact that, so she was so offended by it, she stopped watching the show the other aspects of it is that being kidnapped at 14 years old for 15 years um that donna maria she's like why do i have to learn english you guys were with me for 15 years you never learned spanish yeah um which is a commentary that is often it's hilarious that she actually knew what they were saying the whole time um the sexual harassment um with with a puppet who's a producer yeah right oh yeah and you're like, this is ridiculous. You're like, but now put it in like a real person's point of like an actual person doing this to you. Or I, one of the other ones that are just as also really like ridiculous and could be offensive and is offensive is when Titus is a werewolf and he doesn't take his makeup off and he's like, I'm treated better as a werewolf than as a black man. Yeah. Yeah. And then the tape start, the glue starts falling away, and these people are like, "Oh my God, it's a black man! Run, run!" <laughs> they ha- and I was like, "This is, in a way, 
really offensive, but really it's a commentary, which is what comedy does is yeah. a commentary on some serious issues, be it sexual harassment, abuse, um, racism, so everything. But they put it in such a distorted way or like when Jacqueline's second husband becomes hot all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I mean. She really the plot is is in my mind it, it really is genius because she sets you up for this world in which anything that's going to happen you can somehow wrap your head around it like as offensive or absurd as it might be does yeah. she have the right to do that i don't know like i'll leave that up for, for discussion but um but freedom of speech freedom of art kind of like interpretation i personally like this comedy that I do. it is I do brings heavy topics in a world that is so ridiculous and also in a lighthearted way, but forces you to really um, be aware of the situations that people go through. Yeah, and re and re the um, the uh, native Indian um, plot line. You know, the whole what is it? Third season is is about. Um, her changing the name of the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I actually uh, that that season was pretty funny. Um, but and, were... and how she finally was able to do it is like all you care about is money. So if you want to piss people off, don't just the way to make money is to piss more people off. Yeah. So that they buy your brand to just burn it, right? So take away my guns, take away this, take away that. You, you don't want to just stick to this small group of people. <laughs> and I was like, again, that was a brilliant way. It's sad yeah. that that's how we have to, to change something or convince people, but it worked. Well, and then the other, so the other thing that um, is problematic, though, is no fault other than, I guess, maybe his own. But um, how jarring was it? Because I did re- I did go back and try to rewatch some of it. Um, how jarring was it in the first episode to see Matt Lauer um, yeah. interview women about sexual harassment? Well, and assault. We've been. I've been also rewatching Thirty Rock. Okay. Um, I just needed comedies, right? Like I couldn't handle anything too serious and stuff, even though. As we're discussing, Tina Fey has a tendency to take really serious issues and and put it in a lighthearted way. And I was saying, I'm like, so for in 30 Rock, we have Tracy Jordan, like by Tracy Morgan, right? And several times they talk about how Bill Cosby is offended by his comedy, that he's oh, yeah. not a good representation of a black man in comedy. And it's sad because that was, or how Trump is just this, you know, and they do it in Kimmy Schmidt to him, and they talk about Eric Trump for a second, um, that they're just billionaires, right? And how much things have changed in their world, in our world, and how we know what they did behind closed doors kind of thing, that you're like, it's so weird that they, they so for like Matt Lauer, it was sort of like, oh, there's an there's an aspect of the Reverend where like, anyone who was outside of that bunker lifestyle saw him as just this guy who was probably charming or, you know, you, you 
wanted to have a conversation with him as they show it in the courtroom scene. So when you're like, if I want to get interviewed, I would want Matt Flower to interview me mm. kind of idea. Yeah. yeah. And then behind the scenes, he had this really ugly side to him. Yeah. That he continuously got away with. Well, I mean, Tara, that was bone. I mean, his duplicity is, is like made obvious by that, by that pilot episode because, um, because the most bone chilling line was when he goes, um, it's amazing what women will do just to not offend someone. I was like, you dog, how despicable can you be to sit there and, and say that when, when you're doing what you're doing? You know, I mean, obviously we didn't know it at the time, but he did. Yeah, but also you see it from the perspective of like when going back to season three, when Jacqueline's trying to change the Redskins names, mm-hmm. she can't, they don't give a crap. They don't give a shit about who gets hurt. Yeah. It's about money. It's about power. That's all they care about in that conference room that she's in with all these Caucasian men. There's that one woman who has a flag for a bra, the American flag, um, kind of thing. Um, all that's it. So she's like, there's no, there's tone deaf to all these things. It's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to make them understand it that way. That's the whole point of the reverend. He doesn't give a crap about what he did. Well, okay. So I'm glad you, you say that and brought in the Trump references because I will say where I will commend Tina Fey is for a white woman. She has an uncanny, um, ability to 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 sort of like pre right on the cusp of of a cultural zeitgeist like mm-hmm. tap into to pol- political political things that are about to happen like like how many um references to Trump did did the reverend where whatever his name is reverend did John Hamm's character? I can't remember him. Character. Did, it went like. Did he make in that first season? And and actually, there there's the moment in the courtroom where he's in that god awful short sleeve button up. Mm-hmm. The thing, another another killer joke on Tina Fey's part is like, is like, I, you know, women women socially have to wear X Y and Z, and men like have to expose their bare arms to us just so that they don't sweat. Like, you know, that killed me for at least five mm. minutes. But, um, or, or allowed, or allowed to bear their, their, yeah. their arms in front of us. Like, but anyways, that's a tangent. But, um, but, you know, in that scene where he, he is, um, I think he's interviewing Kimmy, Kimmy on the stand. Um, okay. And, and he more or less, it sounds almost, almost like a Trump, um, rally mm-hmm. speech, the way he, he goes from, um, interviewing her about one thing to totally talking to the crowd, it, like it, to the jury and appealing to them with yeah. all these like local, local nationalist sort of touchstones you know and they're and they end up chanting for the baseball team and it's like 
It's like, what What did you just drag us through? What absurd train of yeah. thought did we just follow you down to now that we're all, like, following you blindly? And it's like, it It really, it reminded me of Trump. And, and in that same episode, in that same episode, there's him on video and he's, it's like 2000, in 2006, he's like, he's like, dear Mr. Trump, I want to be your apprentice, you know, and he's, yes. so, so even there, it's like, you know, I, I I don't know, it's uncanny the way that, the way that her stuff does have a little bit of timelessness to it politically, Uh, again, from a very, like, white woman liberal point of view but um right but you know even in this um this interactive special there was that she she made a subtle nod to i think um it, it when i think it was the first time that hillary tried to make a push for for presidency she uh tina fey was still writing for snl and and went on the weekend update and she and Amy Poehler, I don't know if you remember, it had that really, for me, it was kind of a an, um, notable rant um, about being a bitch. She's to like, just get shit done or stuff done. To just get shit done, yeah. 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 And she yeah. Made, in this interactive special, she kind of makes a nod to that a couple of times to her, like doubling down on her support for <clears throat> Hillary Clinton, I think. Um, well, okay, let's talk about the special. Oh, God. Did you, I did it two and a half times, basically, because... You are a trooper. Uh, because there's things like, did you ever get to the point where um, Jacqueline destroys the Me Too movement? No one believes anyone anymore. Did you get to that one? No. And okay. I purposely... But I thought you were going there. No, because I, so... I purposely was trying to, like jerry-rigged the um the algorithm to get as much jackie and titus content as i can well that you was, screwed that yeah much. i screwed it i killed i literally tara i, I killed the the entire um cast like like eight times it was i know and that's what thing is because it there's the black mirror interactive film which wasn't as good um for me of course my settings were bad I wanted to watch it on the tv but it didn't work so you had to like so it was a whole mess I'm like damn it we wanted to watch it on a big screen and we ended up just like watching having it was the whole thing right so I learned better but this one was just better suited and if you read the article so of course there's so many different aspects to it if you choose this like um I at one point chose Donna Maria like, who should she call? Donna Maria um, or Gretchen? Those are not going to be the right answer. You have to talk to Cindy to get to the movie, to get the movie sorted. Well, I definitely um, chose Cindy. Oh, you chose Cindy. Okay. So, <laughs> um, and then there will be the times where, like, some character breaks the fourth wall and be like, you screwed the pooch. Let's go back. You needed to choose Cindy or you needed to choose this thing mm. or something. Like if you stayed with her at the gas station to babysit the baby or not, you have to babysit the fan, the kid. If you choose that they run away, they take you back. Oh, gosh. Did you do that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. No, because. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I said, oh, gosh, because I went back twice because both answers were wrong. 
yeah, there was a second way. It was weird. There'd be like three different ways to stay with the baby, but you had to choose one to get to the second, the third one. Anyway, Tara. But one part is uh, Jacqueline. It, it, it's uh, when she says, "I have a um, Titus has a problem with the script." Okay. As you go on with the script, eventually no one believes her. <laughs> and then they're like, wait a minute, then the Me Too movement is a lie too. And it totally ruins the Me Too movement. And at the wedding, <laughs> they're like, you're that bitch who like ruins our voices. Like no one believes women anymore and all that stuff. Oh right. God. That was the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I changed it to it's about the wardrobe which is a good choice. But ultimately, and also I kept waiting for them to say they are filming in West Virginia. So Titus and Kimmy will meet up with Jacqueline and the crew. If you stick with the script, they never get to that point. Or if you let um, Titus eat the food and not follow Kimmy, Mm. she's running after the Reverend. You never realize that, but they say you have to have Titus keep looking, following Kimmy and then he'll meet up with the film crew, save everyone's career, save the movie two movement and everyone has a happy ending because hmm. all the endings have Kimmy get married. Well, almost there. Are, uh, did you pick the fancy or the fun dress? The first time I chose the fancy dress, that's the wrong dress to choose. She will still get married, but she wants the fun dress. So the second time I watched it, which was last night, I chose the fun dress. And it is fun. It's really fun. It was fun. I chose the fun dress. I don't know why. I was like, who's holding her veil? And it's balloons. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, um, well, I chose, like, I chose the fun yeah. dress before Titus, like, voiced what he wanted. And then I was like, oh, F, I should have chose the, chosen the fancy Yeah, because he wants the fancy dress, yeah. but it's the wrong one. Or the aspect of if, if Kimmy does anything to the reverend when he's hurt, Right? Mm, oh, yeah. That was dark. What did you choose? What did you choose? I Stomp on him, shoot him, save him. I think I may... So, so let me back up for a moment because I did not enjoy I this. You didn't like the interactiveness? I, I thought... I actually... I, I actually wanted to ask you how... Um, how developed is that format? Because within five minutes of this thing, of, of this special, I was like, okay, in fact, check me if I'm wrong, because I'm just working off of my memory. Uh, they must have contractually obligated Tina Fey and the entire staff as one of the original Netflix series to launch this interactive format for comedy as some as some like market research um possibly i know that the interactiveness wasn't completely new yeah um the one that i had done before was the black mirror episode which is a film and it's more serious it's it's about video games the particular episode so as a video game player if you take the right door if you choose this weapon it it does this and that I thought the Kimmy Schmidt one was pretty clever because, A, if you did choose the wrong thing in particular areas, they would tell you you did the wrong thing because then they're mm. like, well, then the story... Like, for instance, when um, Kimmy and our fiancé, Daniel Redcliffe, Frederick, that was his name, Frederick, he's like, let's make out, let's plan the wedding, let's you read the book, right? If yep. you choose, we'll make out, 
then they just get married and that's the end of it. And they're like, wait a minute, hold on, go back, choose another one. And the other two choices keep the movie going, uh, going forward. Right. So I yeah. liked that. Um, or like if she cho- talked to Gretchen or Donna Maria, the story doesn't really move forward. She gives up on her quest to figure out whose book it is. Um, and then they just get married. So they're like, you need to talk to Cindy. If you choose the referent, like what happens to him when he gets hurt in the woods, if she kills him in any way, because there was like three options to kill him, she would go to prison. The women are never found. And Frederick oh, marries somebody else. Spoiler alert. There's all, so she, he, he marries Zan at one instance. He marries Lillian, I think in another instance, oh, if God. she, if she doesn't give mercy to the reverend, she'll never finish the whole Sh- thing. Surely you have to be, save him. You have to help him. Surely this can't be a financially lucrative form of content if they're doing, I don't know, but I thought it was pretty clever. Um, because it's also, they're like, sure. It's not about showing mercy to the reverend. You'll never find the women that are still in the bunker. Or maybe it is because maybe it is because you basically have what like ten hours worth of content in one ep- in in one well, production. Black Mirror. So they they calculated some. They figured out all the different options. And Black Mirror, if you do all the options, it's over five hours long. I don't think Kimmy Schmidt's version is that long. Yeah, it's like. Um, but. If, you know, and so depending on the choices, you would have cameos, you would have different things that happen. Frederick doesn't cheat on Kimmy. Frederick does cheat on Kimmy, all sorts of stuff. But I don't, I I enjoyed it because again, I liked the commentary of it. It takes serious things and puts a comedic twist to it. But I think I just enjoyed the regular show more. I mean, like I do appreciate your point of view Um, but for me, again, I felt like I was part of a focus group and I felt like it just fell flat and maybe I just had bad choices. Maybe, maybe this is, maybe that's a criticism of myself. (laughs) I think we don't have enough examples to do that. It's something like to keep in mind for other shows and I think other genres to try this interactiveness to figure out like, is it financially sound for for networks to do this or like streaming services to do this um what does it say about us you know like so i think yeah. that i enjoyed well, the experience but is this your first interactive media thing that you did this is film? my first interactive from like a streaming service you know a regular tv show yeah. this is my second one and i enjoyed it more that could just be yeah. our first time like come on i just want to watch something yeah kind of thing well that yeah that's the thing too is like you know I had to get out a computer to watch it I had to be engaged whereas I I you know when I've watched this show I've been like passed out on my couch you know not not fully engaged all the time even um yeah well I guess that's also going back to your idea of like you liked Tina Fey's comedy until you kind of notice from her book that she's really mean. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing about, cause we've been doing this during the whole semi quarantine, the we're in the United States, most of the world and the United States are changing to the next stages due to COVID-19, but still most, mostly we're encouraged to stay indoors. Right. Mm. 
So I, I was like, I can't handle anything serious. Like people are saying, watch Miss America, which is on Hulu. Oh, that's good. And I, I was like, I, I shout out to my girl, Kate Blanchett. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Is Kate Blanchett good? Or she just tall. <gasps> you remember that? that it comes up a couple of times oh in the uh, in the, in, 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 <laughs> she's good she I see okay good. I've got a bone to pick yeah but so I was like but it's interesting that I started watching Tina Fey stuff great news which is an or good news maybe it's called is not as good it's not as clever is that a Tina that's a Tina Fey show it's a Tina Fey show that I would argue because it actually was filmed and stuff in the West Coast. Mm. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm an East Coast person, ride or die kind of gal. But it's you. just, it doesn't have the same charm to it. But so 30 Rock, Kimmy Schmidt, again, a lot of things are talked about, or there's a lot of nuances and, and commentaries, political commentaries, all sorts of stuff but in a comedic way that you can kind of have it in the background, relax, but keeps you thinking and keeps you like, wait a minute kind of thing. And it was just the perfect thing for me versus like, if we watch something like, I don't know, there's certain, I've also been rewatch, like not rewatching, but I started watching the Bob Newhart show. Oh yeah. You mentioned that. And <laughs> also like really well um, developed plot. Yeah, and and I wanted to watch Bob Newhart so I can watch Newhart and finally really get the the, the yeah. series finale, yeah. um, which Hulu stopped airing Newhart, so I was like, damn it. But I'm still on <laughs> show, Bob Newhart show. But it also had a tendency, very funny, very simple. There's no bad language. There's no real commentary to make political commentary is just of course it's the 70s of course it's not a lot of diversity at all um and stuff like that but it still had this heartwarming aspect i also started watching i love lucy which is a show i love my all-time favorite right oh will you do will you do i will so gladly do i love lucy so i love lucy to be and it's historic there are a lot of problems with that show and a lot like behind the scenes, but I mean, crime went down when the show aired because everybody was watching the show. Of course, Mm. there was not a lot to watch and all that stuff. It changed the whole face of comedy and television and female. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's the trend center and, and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's a good time. I was watching it this morning because I finished Kimmy Schmidt and I was like, I still want a comedy. And I'm yeah. laughing. So there's a part where Ricky is going to fight a guy because he likes Lucy. And she's like, Ricky, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> it was so funny. But, oh, my God. I'm to- And there's so much history behind it. But, again, it's these simple shows that you don't have to really be mentally engaged to. Right? Yeah. Tina Fey's shows tend to or her content tend to you need to be a little bit more mentally engaged yeah at the same time enjoy the comedy too but again as we discussed some people will be like nope too offensive i can't watch it no she has too much to say as being and all that stuff so i get that point of view as well most of the people i know fell off that show because it was so absurd especially like and and in my opinion too like the first three episodes are funny 
And then there's, yeah, in the, in the, like, very first season, the first three episodes are funny, then there's, like, a four-episode kind of lull, and then those last three are just, like, side-splitting, in my opinion, um, and also really, really intelligent, um, with the kid, the court, in the court, yeah, um, yeah, as soon as, like, Jackie, Jacqueline, like, reveals that she's Native American, and they head out west and and there's the whole titus um one becoming a a news uh guest star and then yeah being remixed oh oh my god the remix guy is in the film did you know did yes. you try and skip the intro in the during the interactive film oh i might have after they told us like eight times the you mean the t- tutorial because the tutorial was obnoxious as hell. So like, back to the film where they're interactive. What, what tutorial? So I tried to skip it. Up. And then the guy comes on and he's like, you're trying to skip me? No. And then he, it goes on for like three, four minutes. Oh, I missed the, it. Oh, okay. So what is this tutorial? I think I missed the tutorial. There was an option to skip the tutorial and I should have done it. Um, because it was just like, it was that robot. Um, oh no! It was no, just I annoying. Yeah, yeah. But the and and also the music is interesting because it's Tina Fey's husband does all the composing. Oh really? I didn't know that. He wrote Thirty Rock. He wrote Kimmy Schmidt. Um, and one aspect of it um, is when Kimmy is about to go see the Reverend in the film, the interactive film, and she's in prison. I was like, I swear to you, this music is from The Shining. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is there a thing? But I don't know if he just got lazy or something. I don't know. But sometimes I really... Wait, what was what was going on in the scene? Because I'm sure if it the was... The scene is when she and Titus are waiting to be allowed to see the Reverend. And Titus is trying to get something in the vending machine. And they're like, Miss Schmidt, we're ready for you. Like, the Reverend is here or something. And it's the music reminds me of The Shining. Oh, I'm curious. And, and then she goes in and sees the Reverend, and it goes back to its comical yeah. music composing. I, well, um, I'm sure there was, if if she made that reference, I'm sure it was on purpose, but, but I, I know, didn't catch I, it. Okay. So, or maybe I'm just going crazy. I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, I think every time, I think even with 30 Rock and this show, every time you know, you watch it, you can get something different because it is so layered. Um, Yeah, and that's, it's one of the reasons why a lot of shows, so one show that I'm going to do for the podcast is Arrested Development. mm -hmm. And Arrested Development, preview people, it was so clever, it was too smart for most of the audience. And that was Mm -hmm. network television. Mm -hmm. It was on Fox. And I think if it was streamed today, it would last. But we actually studied it in college, and they said it was just too clever. It was so many different layers. Every time you rewatch that show, there's another thing you didn't realize. Yeah. Um, but you have to, the timing has to be good for it too. Yeah. Um, it, it's sort of like when they talk about is it all in the family, the 1970s show with a white family, and then the daughter marries Archie a black Bunker? man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, 
racists loved that show and they're like you realize we're making fun of you right mm-hmm. like yeah our yeah. Joker is a racist but there's a point to it right yeah and they're like wait what and you're like okay so you have or why the instance is so successful is that if you get all the references they they are so good at writing it because yeah. it's geared towards the lowest common denominator where like if you don't get it but if you do get it you understand what so yeah. every time we read a book in high school or in college like I remember reading the Odyssey and they're like watch the Simpsons episode and you're like oh my god that's a genius and you're like yeah. exactly but if you don't read the or Odyssey the and you just, or the <gasps> wishbone I know I know oh, well, oh and he was Mr. Darcy and you're like I know <laughs> but it's no so, so it's it's so clever but you have it's it's a really difficult medium to find a way to be accessible for any audience really well I mean I know I'm gonna sound crazy but I have always said this about it, it, it like back even with 30 Rock was um was was that her humor and what she's doing in terms of those reference self-referencing um is is the animaniacs it's steven spielberg like if she i mean i've never heard her quote that as an inspiration but but if you ever go back and watch the animaniacs it's the same crap and it and it's the same you know it, it he he does that he does that same plot trick where he puts you in the world with three unidentifiable, like, lead lead characters. You know, like, they're, what are they? They're, are they dogs? Nobody really knows. And they just wreak havoc in Hollywood. And, and all it is is, like, parody after parody after parody. Do I know this anime? You, you're not familiar with the Animaniacs? Um, is it the one that's, like, yeah, you're right. But it's one the same that wears game. a cap and then he has ears. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same game, and that was one of my favorite shows as a kid. So for me, Tina Fey's and it's Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Tina Fey's yeah. humor really, really reminds me of that. I do remember this. One is possibly a girl. And yeah, two there's possibly Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Oh, they're the I don't Warner, Warner Brothers who live in the Warner Tower. Yes. Okay. I should check it out, man. Dude. Yeah. Education. Yeah. Yeah. To me, to me, that's the most direct equivalent to the type of absurdity that she, um, she employs, in my opinion. Okay. I can't respond to that one because I don't actually remember the show. (laughs) Well, I, I actually never really watched The Simpsons, um, but I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it when I did. And I bet you it's kind of... It, but but the thing about the Animaniacs and, and maybe about Tina Fey, maybe The Simpsons are as well. Like I said, I don't really watch it. But but hers is so Neither fast and so subtle and so layered um, that it's almost like if you didn't get it, uh, you didn't get it, you know? Yeah. She's and very much sort of... okay with you not getting what, what's going on. Yeah, and it kind of... You know, they say if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. You're yeah. like, well, it's different for this these instances. Where like, if you if you have to explain the joke, you just don't get it. And I do think that she, yeah, and that that's a good point because I do think that you know I'm I'm pretty critical of her, obviously, 
But, you know, I do think she does a decent amount of explaining her jokes, actually. Um, I do, too. I mean, I so, um, and I've had discussions with Swifties, fans of Taylor Swift, because okay. one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of her, I can't really listen to her music, even. Just sure. her whole persona has been blown up that I'm like, oh, whatever. But one of the earlier parts is when... Tina Fey and Amy Poehler kind of made fun of her for dating everybody. Oh, gosh. Um, and then she said, there's a special place for hell for women who don't, who put other women down. And I was like, calm yourself. They're comedians. That's their job. Um, and so she makes fun of that whole instance. In the in Kimmy Schmidt, she refers that Tina to Fey it. is relentless. I'm telling I you. I love it. I'm, I'm, I can't comment on Taylor Swift because I don't have a soapbox high enough. And no one's going to want to hear it. But, like, um, but that's kind, I'm kind of aligned with Taylor Swift on this. I knew you, I knew you were going to disagree with me, but, but, like, I, I disagree. Said, I think it was brilliant, and she had a point, and get over yourself. I mean, that's but, fair, but, but, like, I said. It's fair, and it's also fair to be, like, you don't know what my personal life is. It just, and I also think it's a huge PR scheme, just as much as like everyone's like Kardashians is a PR scheme. I think Taylor Swift is a PR scheme. Like, if she looks at a guy, they, whoever is in her team with with or without her knowledge, overblow it just to make record sales, and it works. Yeah. For me, it doesn't. Um, but it also, I was like, but it's funny, you know, it's a funny joke. Like, well, I. Uh... I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think I, I, I'm trying not to say something that's problematic, but it's like, I guess also know your audience too, because yeah, maybe someone like Taylor Swift can handle it and, and needs to be criticized. Um, uh, you know, I don't have, I don't have much of an issue with that, but, but again, with like the plastic surgeon, it's like, how do you you know, like, no yeah, one, no one maybe, that, and that's, maybe yeah. knew he was that fragile, okay, but also, you know, that's, I guess, a pretty hefty risk well, to take. One aspect of it is when Gretchen starts a cult with a bunch of teenage boys. Do you remember that episode? Yes. And he ends up having to cook and clean and all that stuff and, and things, and she's like, I want to be the first female cult leader. I'm like, hold on, that can't be right. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of research and there were female led cults that had male followings. Now the age group, I didn't really go into, but, but also they were extremely dangerous just as much as like the male cult leaders, mostly of suicide pacts or causing Mm. harm, which Gretchen decides she has to to blow up something (laughs) or somebody in herself. And and that's when Kimmy's like, you need to stop and you need to just go to prison and then all that. So they do have that extremeness, right? Yeah. Of, of like, of course you can't be a female cult leader to have a bunch of men follow you because they're gross and they're lazy and they won't they won't listen to you. And I'm like, hold on, that's not exactly right because there were female cult leaders yeah. um, that were successful in quotation marks and, and were dangerous just as like the Reverend and other cult leaders have been even if they were male, right? Hmm. But the point of the show was like, you're you're failing, Gretchen, because you have to follow someone or be followed, right? Hmm. Um, 
so she goes to a female prison. Um, she, you find out she was a gymnast where they're like, don't get period. <laughs> Thanks. So she, she doesn't know how to think for herself. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. But it, it goes back to, I'm like, so this is why some people are like, that was a harsh joke you made at the expense of a plastic surgeon who is based on a real person, uh, based on a young female songwriter and singer about her relationships, all that stuff. I can see that point of view too. Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's like anything, particularly on art and TV shows or entertainment, it all depends on your tastes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and that's why, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this uh, podcast was like to discuss some of our favorite TV shows. And there was an, an aspect where we're like, what if we discuss some of our favorite guilty TV Pleasures. shows that are like, guilt, you know, like are so bad, but you can't stop watching. Oh and I was like, but then we get too much into negativity. Yeah. 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 So I was like, stick to the shows that you love, but also, and I, I don't know, I can't think of it, but this is one of the first episodes where we kind of talk about the bad sides to it too. The problematic yeah. sides to it. I just, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have anything really specific where I'm like, oh, that's problematic in X, Y, or Z. But like I said, just the general tone is harsh, I think, um, you know. Well, why is Robert Durst mentioned every other episode? Because she thinks it's hilarious. It's the same. She does this where she gets obsessed with, some. you know, like the other thing she's obsessed with is um, Kim Jong-un right now. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Thinks he's that, always- you know, it's her inside joke for herself almost. I know she just probably gets so tickled about it. Um, but but that leads me to I'm can, I've taken over the podcast now. Welcome to my my podcast. Um, <laughs> who is your <laughs> who is your favorite um, character and who's your least favorite? Me? You're yeah. asking me? Yeah. Okay. I think Titus would be my favorite just because I keep makes me laugh. like he's like I stole an autograph p- picture of Gina Davis from the dry cleaners because oh they shrink my pants shut up you know like he <laughs> answered before you can make a comment <laughs> I think I just love his his uh, he's like but I already did something today <laughs> yeah oh my god when I forgot his name but he's in Walking Dead he was he played the Punisher John Berthenol or something he has to hmm. flirt with Titus, because he's hired by Mr. Frumpus. Oh, I don't remember the Me Too this. movement. Do you oh, gosh. This? Oh, gosh. That sounds hilarious. No. Oh, God. It's so funny. And um, he's like, you broke me, dude. I was tortured by, I think, North Korea or something like that. And he's like, but it's you, you psycho who think you're a huge hit and you're not. And you broke <laughs> me. Just like Titus's actions, or my favorite episode, hands down, is the one with Ray Liotta. Kimmy pulls a heist because Titus can't take a number two. He can't shit. Oh, yes. Yes. He's in the, in the gas station or something yeah. like that, and he can't get into it because he can't pay for it. And so Ray Liotta's like watching. Uh, yeah. I, it's, or like when he's like unlaminating. Oh, yeah. Great line. I love it. Love it least favorite character i actually so here's the thing that i during my research for trivia is zan zan annoyed the hell out of me until i read where her character is based off of so i'm curious about that but 
Yeah, as know. a parody, she she cracks me up. I'm not like involved in her storyline in any way. Not that you could be. But. It's just her whole and 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 I'm sure the actress is doing a great job. I haven't really seen her in anything else, and I'm sure she's playing a character where she's like, oh, coming, like shut yeah. up, yeah. And all that stuff. And she, always slouching and heavy on the eye makeup and stuff. But Zan is based off of the, uh, it's like Greek mythology as also the historical wife of the philosopher Socrates. And she is Hmm. considered to be extremely difficult Hmm. um, in history. Right. But strong willed at a time where like women weren't allowed to be. And she was Hmm. married to Socrates and he was like, she's driving me crazy kind of thing. So Zan is supposed to be a difficult person. Interesting. Very strong-willed, very annoyed by you, that you are annoyed by her. So I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. So I have a little bit more of a understanding of why that character is the way she is. But when I was watching the show, I'm like, oh, not this bitch again. <laughs> Which is unfair to say to a 16-year-old. But you're annoying. Oh, you know what? No, I changed my answer. It's that stupid robot. Oh, the robot is so annoying. I, I mean, I, I think I think that's a cop out answer. So we'll stick with Zan for you. My okay. le- my well, least favorite you, is Kimmy. Like why? I mean, she's fine. She's just I don't find her funny. I I find her as simply like a plot device. You know, like okay. So for being a lead character, you expected more, but you don't get that with her. Well, well, maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just that the other three supporting characters, primary supporting characters are so hilarious. Like mm-hmm. like in in some ways I think Lillian's uh the best written character of them all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, cuz she's yeah, she really nails a lot of like references that I'm probably not even getting. Um but, but I know I'm not getting it. I I totally. They, at one point, I just googled, "What the hell is gentrification?" Because I didn't get <laughs> it. Tara. Okay, well, <laughs> like, before oh. we get off on and that, end up with the guy who is doing it, but for the betterment of the whole community. Even yeah. like when he, the rich guy that she ends up with, and she becomes the holder of the trust for his daughter. So they have, like, the drug dealer. He's like, I love this gentrification. I've got so many clients now. (laughs) Yeah. So so what she's trying to fight against, there are positive sides. Like, now Titus can get an actual fruit and vegetable in him uh, because of the grocery store, because of gentrification. It's just, it's funny. Yeah. I get it. Well, I mean, she's not... So for me, it's really hard to choose between Titus and... Jacqueline, because I think Jacqueline is just, she might not be the, I might think that the other character, Lillian, is more well-written, but I think, I think Jack, Jenna Krakowski is just, she's like, effortlessly funny, like, she just kills me, um, but, but, you know, Titus, I think, is the most talented, I saw, I was really, really lucky, I don't know how, I don't remember how, but I, saw him sing on Broadway for, like, an NBC special. Um, oh, I saw him in the Kennedy Center. He came to Kennedy Center. Oh, my god! And he also... What a voice. The surprise guest was Jenna. Or, uh, mm-hmm. not Jenna. What's her name? Jane Kruk. Jane Krakowski. Yeah, I think I called her. Yeah, so, so she came on. We didn't know she would be on, and she came. Um, and so it was, it, it was just so cool to see them. Say, and one of the aspects of Titus, the character 
is supposed to be a person who's struggling who doesn't make it played by Titus um yes yeah and he's made it but he understands that struggle of being yeah a gay black man from the south from you know trying to make it in the hardest one of the hardest industries in the most hard one of the hardest cities in the world right well and and that's why I think my favorite episode, maybe not my favorite episode, but one of my favorite concepts from the show is when he joins the cast of Cats. Cats. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm dead. I'm like, Tina Fey, you know, claps for Tina Fey on that one. And I'm, but going, I just found my favorite quote from my favorite episode, and he's like, I'll run with the wind. She's like, I know you won't. He's like, the wind can be slow, Kimmy. I love it. It's like Titus. Uh, he's like, I was oh, auditioning for a show called Ray Donovan Finn or, some, or Van or something like that. And I'm like, I love that show. You know, I have been trying to get somebody to talk to me about Ray Donovan for this podcast. Oh. No one does. I know. True. Is that a TV show? I thought that was a movie. Bitch, it's a TV show with yours truly, Leah Schreiber. I, I love it. it. By the way, recently I did uh, I did get a good wreck for um, a movie that he was in. Uh, yeah, Schreiber. Day Trippers. Have you seen Day Trippers? No, but I will because it's him. Yeah, he's... I recommend it. It's recommendable. Okay. Good to know. Good to Animanics, Maniacs, whatever it's called. Animaniacs and um, and Day Trippers and RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm always just casually plugging that. Everyone has been telling me to watch that. Oh my gosh, you've got to watch the last ones, but I will. Yeah, this one just getting more and more. They're doing All Stars now, I think, but um, but season fourteen. Okay. Was like it got me through part of quarantine because it's just so uplifting. It's so, um, I don't know, like feel good. You know, they, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but, but I haven't. And when I met somebody, I was like, I'm from Chicago. And they're like, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? Cause there's a guy who's like, I'm from Chicago, something about yeah. it. And yeah. she just, every time I entered the room, she would quote the guy. Yeah, no, well, I, I don't know, it, it's it's definitely something, it, uh, I love it because they end each episode, it's um, how the hell are you going to love somebody else if you can't love yourself, you know, yeah. like, it's all about self-worth and acceptance, and, and yeah, there's the competition aspect, but it's like, it's like, thank God for this community <laughs> right now, you know, like, well, it's not mean. I'm worried that it'll be because that's the other thing. No. Is that I, I also for the first time watched The Bachelor. Oh God! And I was like, I do not like what it brings out of me. The Bachelor is intolerable. And I know it's like the worst of the worst. And I used to I watched a show called Unreal, which is a the, the creator of that show used to be a producer okay. of The Bachelor, and is what she based unreal about showing the ugly side of it so i just have this this thing about reality tv shows like people are obsessed with 90 day fiance and all that stuff but everyone says rupaul is a is like a positive one Ru- yeah rupaul so. no i i highly recommend it and i'll okay. leave it at that i'll look into it 
Heidi, Heidi in the Closet was my favorite from, which is an awful name, but which was my favorite um, from this past season. But. Okay. It has nothing to do with R. Kelly? No. Oh God, that's another aspect to that name that I didn't even think about. That name is just bad in general, but she was so sweet. Oh, hi. Well, now if it's a drag race show, that makes sense. And he ruined it for that. Yeah. Like in the Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so much to talk about. I know. I really oh. let's let's do Lucy. I um and and what what all do we need to cover on this? Because I've got a socially distant pride party to attend. That's why I just had an off sc- off screen wardrobe change. Yeah, and that's why I kept talking about reality TV <laughs> shows. I was like, this sucks. Um, I was just gonna share some fun facts. Like, I'll just share this one fun fact, and then we'll leave it at that. John Hamm was a high school drama teacher, uh, and one of his students was Ellie Kemper, who plays Kimmy. So they knew each other. Oh since wow. Oh. And it's just you know, That adds a layer to yeah. And everything. then the other thing is I noticed June 6th is Titus's wedding. It's also when the reverend says the world would end. And going back to my love, we have Schreiber. June 6th, 2006 is when the remake of The Omen came out and I totally watched it in theaters. <laughs> so. I'm done. <laughs> but I just noticed those, uh, those little cons- uh, coincidences but yeah okay so this got much heavier than i thought it would be was it I too heavy it. okay all right was it too i know i think it i think for people who listen because i actually do get listeners i'm surprised just as much as you are but um <laughs> people listen i think it does bring a thought-provoking thing i personally like the comedy it can be too harsh yeah i wasn't aware that it went so far as somebody committing suicide but and it's something i'm gonna go look into but it also i have spoken to people who actually can't stand her comedy particularly like how much but i i i'm i like the fact that they take these heavy issues racism sexual abuse um all sorts of stuff and say okay these are serious issues and if you're not going to take it seriously we're going to put it in ridiculous situations to make you look at it yeah right well and um and that's what i appreciate about it well and i agree with you i like like i'm obviously a fan um it's just yeah i i don't know it's just this past year reading that book really it it made me less of a fan of tina fey than i was before which you know well it goes back to like in 30 Rock, when she's helping Jack figure out a baby name, she's like, don't name your daughter Christina, because then they'll call her Tina, and all the Tinas I know are judgmental bitches. Yeah. And then she looks straight at the camera, and you're like, oh, I get it. So <laughs> yeah. she's aware. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and, I, and she spoke openly about, you know, and I think that's probably why she did projects like Mean Girls. Um, <laughs> but... I don't know. It just. I think. It, I think it. Per, it was probably also just partially like my own sensitivity, like at this moment in in my life. So it's a personal problem to that all does, your followers. We're in really tough time. <laughs> you what? We. I was gonna say we're all in really tough times. That like anything can be really triggering because we're mostly indoors. There's so many aspects that I was saying. Like if anyone has an addiction problem, if anyone has. Um, in, in an abusive 
situation like you're screwed because you're supposed to stay indoors yeah and the one thing that we have is entertainment value anything can be triggering right you could watch looney tunes and be like this is not funny anymore to us and then you <laughs> yeah. can watch something so serious yeah and you're like laughing your butt off so yeah. we get that too and we are we have a right to have our opinions but i appreciate you 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 brought it on i had so many trivia things to share and I, we didn't even get to it Did which you? is fine it's not that interesting <laughs> well defuan who, who titus says he broke up with his boyfriend defuan is the actor's char- uh, character name when he was on 30 Shut Rock. So that was a little fun. Well, okay. I'm going to leave you again because I've co-opted your p- podcast. For the next time I'm on, uh, if you don't already have an answer to this, you have to tell me your favorite Tina Fey made-up name. Um, oh, that is a good one. I think mine might be Trista Fey. Yes. Is that Donna Marie? No, no, I know it. It's it's like Tomothy, which is Donna Marie's assistant. Tomothy? I, I, I can't. I don't, like, I mean, she's just... And then he's like, he, he keeps shorthanding. He's like, the world does not deserve me. Because no one understands his shorthand. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't even, I don't remember it, but... Um... But yeah, I mean, she's she's obviously got a very highly developed imagination. So yeah, and honestly, and she does have one thing that she is always a fan of is the queer community. Yeah, um, and some people who are in the LGBTQ don't like her too, but others appreciate that she like all of her friends have been mostly gay or queer, and and she always had in her own way is saying they are the good people in the world. Yeah. Well, and that's why, again, I'm not going to go too far down this tangent, but that's why I think watching something like drag race is a nice parallel to, to the way that like humor in the gay community is used as a, as a tactic, especially camp, you know, there are definitely positive ways to the gay community has developed a lot of really effective um, methods of of humor, forms of humor to use as tactics. And there is a tendency within, this is where I'm gonna start to get problematic, but like, you know, that can go off, off track very quickly and be mean, um, but it doesn't have to be. So I think, I think, um, drag race is a really positive representation of mm. of um, the use of not uh, the use uh, you know the way that like each queen uh, brings their own sense of humor to to their to their uh, drag performances and everything it's like it's just another form of humor that's very very uplifting at at least on the show they they keep it to that um and it's it's positive i think a positive representation of that whereas like tina fey can go into that caddy area where it's like well we don't have to be caddy but i see what your point i'm sorry i'm gonna get off my high horse because i know everybody's like who is this person (laughs) who is this guest star just have rebecca on and you can (laughs) shut up tara yeah but anyways Um, but thank you for being on the show. You brought some really good. I like we started right off the bat on 
on things that I never even rec- like realized. Ooh, I'm so happy to do it. Thank you so much. And uh, I can't uh, wait to have you back on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I'm right. always available for a little limelight. Yeah. So you be safe. Everyone <laughs> be safe. Be healthy. Mask up. And have fun with all the entertainment that you want. Sounds right. good. Bye. Thanks, Tara. Bye.